welcome to the Love on the Go podcast, brought to you by Carolina's Matchmaker. I'm Lori Burzak, and for over 17 years, I've been helping singles find the relationship of their dreams all over the Carolinas. Along the journey, I've met so many amazing professionals and experts from various fields, and I'm excited to introduce them to you. What's my goal? I want to help you look at love and relationships in a new way and to grow in your understanding of how love works. Let's learn together how people have overcome personal obstacles and have found love, first and foremost, with themselves. The ultimate goal is realizing that you are worthy and deserving of love. Let's get started. All right, Maria, I'm so excited. All right, y'all. Maria Abgatidis, better known as Matchmaker Maria, and one of my best friends of all time, is the CEO of Agape Match and the host of the Dating and Relationship Podcast, Ask a Matchmaker, a trailblazer. I love how she sent me the bio. So here's what she wrote. I love this so much. A trailblazer in the dating industry. Maria provides an intuitive perspective to help guide singles out of dating fatigue. Yes and into fun, happy, and healthy relationships. I love that so much. And obviously your dating advice has been featured all over. I mean, my God, the CBS, Good Morning America, Today Show, New York Times, Washington Post, like all over the place. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be back. I am so excited you're back too. And I'm excited because you are the first guest of my new season. I was like, who do I want? And I was like, I want Maria. That yeah. is what I want. Matchmaker yeah. Maria. Start, start uh, off strong. Real, start like get, get, get those, get those dating answers quickly. Right out of the gate, right out of the gate. Yeah. So Maria, so backstory on Maria and I, who, if you didn't catch our first podcast from my first season, um, we've been friends for quite some time. I think you were 23 when we met. Yeah. I think I was 24, 25. Yeah. Okay. I was young. A couple years older. Right. And I remember distinctly standing in the kitchen at Michelle's parents' home in Florida. And you were telling me about that guy that you were dating. Yeah. Remember? He was Jewish. He was Jewish. And Maria's Greek and her whole thing about her when she first started her business was very Greek oriented. And I was like, okay, why are you dating a Jewish guy? I'm so confused. Um, And we We broke up that weekend, by the way. (laughs) Of course you did. So it was just funny. I met you on a a Saturday morning. And by Monday, I was like single. You were single. Yeah. And it's just it was such a disconnect culturally and whatever else. And 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 then funny enough, she ends up marrying a Greek guy. I mean, like, well, you know, no you surprise know, there. It was because of that relationship that I didn't want to date Jewish again, which um because and I and there's a preface here, I didn't have a problem dating outside of my own culture. Like I didn't yeah. have a problem dating non-Greeks. Yeah. Um, because I would tell men, like as if and like very naturally, I would tell the men that I was dating as if they had asked me, what's your favorite color? I would say yeah. stuff like, well, when I have kids one day, yeah. they are going to be Greek Orthodox Christian. Like right. there's no debate here. And then, or I would say stuff right. like when I have kids one day, they will go to Greek school once a week, just like I did to become fluent speakers. Or sure. when I have kids one day, they will be going to Greek dance once or twice a week, depending on what age they are, because they'll right. be in competitive dance, just like me. Like there was no, for me, there was no room for compromise or debate. I was like, if you're dating me, right, you should know that I go to church every Sunday and right. I don't expect you to join me at church ever. Right. But my kids will be raised in this way. And there is no Chrismica here. There is right. none of this. And right. the guy that I was dating that was Jewish, he was like, oh yeah, that sounds fine. Cause he was, he at least made it seem like he was culturally Jewish. Right. Um, so funny because 
recently LinkedIn suggested him as a friend. So I decided to look him up on Facebook. He's like married and I think he has kids, but I was just like, That's wow. And she looks, she looks, I think he married Jewish. Okay. Um, I think so her name just, is Rachel. So I was like, well, uh, sounds, 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 uh, Jewish. Most, most likely, most, <laughs> most likely. likely. Yeah. And but as, I remember as a, that yeah. conversation, I was 24, 25. Um, yep. and I remember that conversation distinctly having it with you. And mm-hmm. then fast forward about a year later, I was being interviewed for some, I was being interviewed for on a major television station. Uh And after the interview was over, which I thought went really well, the producer asked me something like, you know, are you single? And I'm like, I am actually single. You know, I was, I've always been dating, but I was like, at that moment, I was like, I'm single. And she's like, do you only date Greek guys? Or Mm -hmm. do you, and I was like, um, I'm open to as long as they're Christian. Right. And she goes, so you wouldn't date a Jewish guy. Right. And I was like, no, nope, I've done it. I don't want to do it again. And she's like, that's anti-Semitic. And I was like, whoa. And no. I, remember, I remember calling you and telling you yep. this too. Yep. And then that segment got bumped off. Cause I was, and I was like, I, had, oh. I remember saying to her, I was like, it's not anti-Semitic for me to not want to date someone who's outside of my faith. I don't exactly. hate Jewish people. I yeah. just believe that I believe in Jesus. Right. So there's obviously a disconnect. There's a disconnect. And I remember, I mean, you obviously for- I would struggle dating an atheist too, you know, agnostic I'm cool with. Right. And any listeners out there don't know I'm Jewish. I mean, obviously I'm Jewish. And so that's why the conversation that we had, I thought was, was, it was a very deep conversation the very first time we met. Yeah. And we really talked it through and it's like, we were like besties from the get go. Yeah. From the get go. And I don't know if people realize, like when I say to people, cause sometimes people ask me like, do you talk to Lori? And I'm like, do I talk to Lori? (laughs) She's like my first phone call, if not you or my sister. So like, that's the level we're talking about. And also I have you, I text you so much that I have you pinned (laughs) at the top of my text messages right below my husband. If there's a video, I don't know if you, we do, we've got it. We've got video. Look at that. Like the (laughs) first two rows right there. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not crazy here. When I say people like Lori's my friend, uh, she really is my friend. And, uh, it's a good, it's good to have friends that, um, not only are indifferent, I mean, we have different religious beliefs and different Mm -hmm. cultural upbringings, but also Mm -hmm. we are in different stages of life. Yeah. And we also have, but we have similar businesses. So it's fun to see, like, it's so, I was just thinking about this. I was getting ready for this interview. I was like, we are in really different stages of life. Like mm-hmm. your kids are grown and living yeah. out of the house. Yes. My kids depend on me <laughs> to be fed. They can't just open up the fridge because my children are three years old and one of them just turned six. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Really different stages, but yet we're always talking business. We're always talking clients. We're matching clients to clients. Yes. Yeah. And of course there's the matchmakers Alliance. Yes. So we, oh, yes. we have that too, which is we're hosting our, well, by the time this episode comes out, yeah. we would have just hosted the biggest yes. speaking conference in yeah. Cancun. Oh my and God, I'm, so um, I'm going to just say it to future self. Yes. Lori, how incredible was that conference? Oh my God. That was the best conference ever. <laughs> I feel like I learned so much. The weather was amazing. Yeah. I was really tired, but my spirits were really high <laughs> and I had a great time. I would we woke up leave. and we met every morning at 8 a.m. for, we did. for that's breakfast. The, that's the deal. We met every morning at 8 a.m. for yep. breakfast. Yes. The um, sailboat ride was amazing. That was, yeah. The catamaran yes, sunset. The, yep. You know, brilliant. hashtag matchmaker life. So it's going to yep. be great. 
Now, in that period, we probably also talked about the dating news of the month. Um, did you hear about Tinder? They have a matchmaker feature now. Tell me more about it. I, I got a little glimpse of it, but I don't know the full on. So tell me. Tinder now lets your parents and your friends play matchmaker for oh you. So best of luck. Yeah. So Tinder's new feature makes dating a team sport by integrating the friend test into the app. Input okay. from friends and family can be quite valuable for many. So mm -hmm. rolling out this matchmaking tool, Tinder cited a recent survey that commissioned with Funful that 75% of singles say they discuss their dating life with multiple friends, mm -hmm. uh, multiple with friends multiple times a month. So this gives Tinder users the added intel of seeing who their friends like for them when considering a potential match. But just like in real life, the user ultimately decides who they want to send a like to. That's yeah. interesting. And it seems like people are always so intrigued, especially married people are so intrigued about their single friends, God. love lives. Yeah. And, you know, oftentimes their single friends are having a lot more fun than the married people are. So the married people are like, let me, let me see, let me see who you're swiping on. What's what, how, tell me about your date. Tell me about who you're making out with. Like they want to know all the things I know. I have got friends who I have like, there's so a lot fun. of pros to this. I mm -hmm. welcome mm -hmm. it. There's yeah. I can think of one negative. What is it? But that's actually only benefits me and you. Well, like well, yeah. when someone signs up for Tinder, yeah. the social design of any of these apps, including Instagram, mm -hmm. is you're making a profile for a viewer. You don't know who that viewer is, mm -hmm. but at no point when you are creating a LinkedIn profile, do you imagine a place at brunch where someone's passing around their phone, right? Saying, look at this LinkedIn profile. Like yeah. you, the social design of all of these websites, these social exploration websites, mm -hmm. and which will include match, you know, it includes um, dating apps, mm -hmm. um, you know, LinkedIn, like, so, you know, social networking websites, and also, um, you know, Instagram and Facebook, the social media is in that umbrella, right? So sure. um, when you create it, and I don't think people think about how they're going to be screenshot and sent to friends. Right. So there is this place where, and this is the only negative that I can think. Okay. Where someone who was already on the fence about their confidentiality and discretion mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that they're like, Oh, you know, I'm very high up in my career or maybe I'm a professor or maybe mm -hmm. I'm an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm already feeling like, Ooh, you know, but you know, but you, then, you know, you feel vulnerable putting yeah. your profile out there, but then you convince Absolutely. yourself, right? Because what you think is, well, listen, if my friend sees me online, mm -hmm. that's okay because they're also single and online. So right. I get to see their profile. So like the social design of this exchange is you match me, but I get to match you too, right? Right, right. There is going to be a person out there that's like, I don't want my married friends or I don't want this person's friends to have access to my profile because I don't get to see who they are too. Yeah. And I think that the people where confidentiality was already on the fence, mm -hmm. they're going to circle back and be like, maybe this isn't for me. Let me look into a professional matchmaker Yeah, who could do this. So, and, and so the one negative I think is a benefit to me and you. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think the best positive of this is that maybe your married friends can shut them up about <laughs> your dating experience because all I hear from married people, like, especially at church where I see most of my married friends is like, mm -hmm. oh God, I wish I could be single and just online just to experience it. And it's like, I don't think you realize how 
terrible certain people's user experiences can be on these apps. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think if they finally get access to it through their friends, Mm -hmm. they can see like, wow, my friend is actually working really hard and meeting someone and they're not. And the onus is on me to actually do some to friends Mm -hmm. too. Like if they can do this, it shouldn't take me much to look through my own Rolodex of single friends that I can introduce my friend to. Because the truth is that like, if you met someone through a friend, you are exponentially more likely to marry that person than meeting a stranger online. So there is this benefit here of a getting married people to stop shitting on single people for not trying hard enough, especially those who got married before 2013, because they have Mm -hmm. no idea what online, what dating is like. They don't know what the dating landscape looks like. Mm -hmm. Then also the other half of like, maybe there is this push where it's like, okay, we'll do online dating, but let me see how I can help you offline dating. Yeah. Getting a little more involved. You know what else I'm thinking is, you know, you'll, I'll hear often from, especially men that hire me for matchmaking, because that's basically who I work with for matchmaking specifically is they'll say, listen, a friend tried to set me up and, oh, they were so off, but I didn't want to be rude and say to them, oh, well, she's definitely physically not my type. That's why I'm hiring you. I even had one guy say for anyone that comes forward to me and says, I want to set you up. He was just going to say, oh, I've got a matchmaker handling that for me now. Thank you so much. Cause he didn't want to be insulting. But what I'm thinking is if their friends now see, oh, this is his type, then they might be like, okay, that makes sense to me. Now, maybe that woman at the office could be yes or no, a match for him potentially. That's a benefit. I think think some people also might learn how delusional some of their friends are. Yeah, no kidding. And maybe they'll give them that heart to heart that like, you're really punching above your weight. Yeah, but you know, this isn't going to work if you're focus only on these attributes that really don't matter in the long run, because I can tell you as a married person that some things that you're looking for just don't matter. No, they really don't matter. You're right about that. And possibly I'm not convinced that some of these people will actually learn anything because they have their mindset. No, I don't think so. But, you know, I think, I think just in general, I think as the months roll by, I have started to become a big fan of Tinder. And that is because Tinder has just way less filters than other apps. Mm -hmm. So to me, it feels more like a meetup app versus a dating app. And because, and like it emulates the virtual bar. So like if you were at the bar, Mm -hmm. right. And now we had to do this pre, (laughs) pre 2012, pre like, thumbing around on Instagram where people yeah. are distracted. Right. Yeah. Um, if you went to the bar, there is this, the social design of going to a bar is sitting by the bar or at a high top or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when someone comes in through the door, you know, sometimes your head turns and you see who's coming in, you know, think of Grey's anatomy. That's like every single bar scene is people looking at the door. Right. 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 That doesn't happen. Now, if we actually looked at the Grey's anatomy bar, there mm-hmm. is no way in hell anyone's trying to see the door because everyone's glued to their phones. But Mm -hmm. if you were at this bar, you Mm -hmm. wouldn't think to yourself that like, oh, look, a five foot five guy came in. I'm not going to talk to him Mm -hmm. or, oh my God, a Jewish guy came in. I'm not going to talk to him. Like whatever things that just, just don't matter in like how you interact with people. Like we don't know what they make, you know, oh, that guy walked in, but he doesn't earn over a hundred thousand dollars. So I'm not going to talk to him. We have no idea what he makes. Right. Yeah. So. Tinder does a really good job of presenting this virtual bar scenario, this Mm -hmm. like revolving door of people coming in. Mm -hmm. And 
you have the option of engaging with that person or not engaging with that person, but like mm -hmm. the filter of religion, the filter of height, the filter of politics, um, politics, that's just removed. Even removed like completely. smoking, even smoking. Yeah. Like I, it's funny. Cause people will say sometimes like, I would never date a smoker. And I'm like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't date a social smoker. Like someone right. who just has a cigarette, like once a month when they're drinking too hard with their friends, right. like it's just like a cute little vice that they have. Yeah. Um, like or really, maybe, maybe somebody who vapes, but you know, doesn't yeah. vape a lot or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I hear from people who, um, you know, I, I have clients who say stuff like, I don't want to date someone who's sober mm -hmm. because I really love wine. And mm -hmm. it's like, I appreciate that you love wine. Right. You, you could go, you could still go to the vineyard. Yeah. That once, once every other year. Yeah, exactly. Like people go to Napa Valley and they make it their entire personality, but they've only been once. <laughs> right. Um, like I'm not sober and right. neither is my husband, mm -hmm. but I'll be honest with you. We've only been to a vineyard twice. Um, and we still don't like, I could be sober and it wouldn't, it wouldn't affect my life whatsoever. in when I go out with my friends, like I can certainly have a mocktail. It's funny. Cause mm -hmm. I think about my sister, my sister can't drink cause she takes like a certain migraine medication. Right. Mm -hmm. And it would just kind of F with her. Mm -hmm. And, but you know, I've got a designated driver when we go out and mm -hmm. she's very mocktail friendly. She's like, she always has like a fruity drink in her hand. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't have alcohol in it. Like yeah. beyond that, why do you need someone who like can go to a vineyard to once a year with you. And by the way, right. I'm sure they can go. I'm sure there's something that they can engage with at the vineyard. Vineyards are not just for drinking. They're for appreciating the scenery, yeah. appreciating flowers. the architecture, the flowers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like they can appreciate the, the yeah. artistry of wine. Mm -hmm. They just don't sure. drink it, you know? Yeah. So I think that gets like a bad rep too. Right. So the tent, so Tinder is, do you use Tinder for your online dating clients? Um, if a client wants to hire us for online dating profile management, I, I don't believe we do. We tend to use hinge and match because we do have to filter a little bit for this. Cause otherwise it's yeah. just, I think Tinder has a lot to do with like your gut. And yeah. I highly recommend if you're not going to hire a manager to do your stuff, to just do mm -hmm. Tinder on your own. And just all I'm asking, the only test here is just go out with the five, with five people. That's it. Mm -hmm. Go out with five people you would have never said yes to. Like yeah. surprise yourself, learn something about yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, maybe you've always dated men who had a, you know, full head of hair, but now there's yep. this guy who's got a really nice smile. Who's balding. Th mm -hmm. That's okay. That he's balding. You know, your boobs are going to drop too one day. So. Yeah. I just recently parted ways with a client because her expectations of the type of guy she was looking for was not aligned with, with reality, the men, with reality at all. And the men, yeah that she liked did not didn't want her so she was so disappointed and it it put me into like such anxiety because right. I, I can't get people to love you or like you or date you or anything we're very we, limited by we are it's funny somebody asked me today um this guy is it too this guy fulfills 80 percent of my list is that too mm -hmm. low and i no. was like and i said to her i was like listen, if you fulfill 80% of his list too, mm -hmm. that's a long-term marriage. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, that, that last 20%, it is absurd to have an expectation that the person you marry is going to be everything for you forever. Yeah. In life, 
life happens in life, life happens, right? That's the sentence. And what I mean by that is that there are going to be moments where your child is sick and you have to tend to them. Your parent Mm -hmm. dies. You have to Mm -hmm. tend to that estate uh, and that trauma and that emotion. Um, You lose your job. We go through a global pandemic. Like there's all these things that can happen in life that is going to affect the overall compatibility with you and your partner and vice versa, right? Yeah. Um, they could be, they're also experiencing their own emotions and mm-hmm. you have to step away from this place of thinking that your partner is going to be 100% of what you need from someone when there are other ways to supplement it. And like, what mm-hmm. I mean by that is like, I host retreats in Greece, right. For people yeah. to make new friends. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that is that it just kind of reinforces that, like, look, you can find the supplement of intellectual compatibility and the physicalness of your lifestyle, like what things you want to do with other people, like your partner right. doesn't have to do everything with you. They don't have to be everything for you. You know where I think your partner has to be 100% with you emotionally. Mm-hmm. If you can find someone who communicates to you within your expectations and you communicate to them within their expectations and you can try to regulate your emotions. Cause I know sometimes things get heated. It's really hard, but mm-hmm. try to regulate your emotions and constantly try to develop your emotional intelligence. Um, everything else is pretty supplemental. I agree. And I disagree. Okay. 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 So I think that the emotional compatibility has to be there and the respect for sure. But I also think it's like really important, especially a long-term marriage for there to be some kind of interest outside of the house that the couple is excited to do together. Yeah. And there needs to be an element of surprise. But that's the 80%, right? Like, I don't, I agree with you, mm-hmm. right? Like that you should have... be in the 80%. Yes. 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 That 80%... has to be there. And if it's not, I think it could be a problem. In the 80%, I think, yeah, sharing something together and also look, mutual admiration and mutual respect is in that 80%. It's the foundation. Yes. But the only way to maintain mutual admiration, mutual respect is to not be stagnant in life, like to grow. And for some people, growth is, you know, a a mile a year. And for other people, growth is like the marathon a year, right? So it's, people have very, it's all relative. Yeah. But, and that's not to be confused with ambition, but, um, you know, it's just, I think, I think if to go back to the original statement, if he's 80% what you're looking for, figure out how much of what he's looking for and see, you know, if it works, because mm-hmm. you'd be surprised. Sometimes that 80% can turn to a hundred three years from now. You're like, wow, this yeah. is exactly what I always wanted. Yeah. I also, what is your opinion on people getting married in their early twenties, mid twenties? In 2023, where we see that mental health has taken a nosedive. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, there was this study that just came out recently. I'm sorry, I cannot tell you who it's from. I've read it very quickly. But there was a study that came out recently that says something like, because Gen Z was raised by Gen X parents who were more likely to be a helicopter parents mm-hmm. and they didn't learn to be independent, they might have more mental health issues right. as adults because they've mm-hmm. never learned to self-regulate all the emotions in their newly found independence. Right. Um, I think that, in 2023, I think it's important to delay marriage to past 25. Yeah. You might not be the same person at 27. Like you might not even want the same things at 27 that you thought you wanted at 21. Yeah. 
and it's a problem here yeah. in the south sorry to interrupt is it, you is it because of religion people get married young here is it because they they're just so let me ex- ask you a question it's just what it, it's what's expected you go to well is it expected because and i don't know this i'm, I'm generally asking this question yeah do people in the south have a propensity to like save sex till marriage no okay no, it's not no, that. It's just it's a just, cultural thing, right? They it's see a their cultural thing. Their families college. did it. Their parents did it. Yeah. Everybody meets somebody at college or right afterwards. And everybody is all of a sudden getting engaged. And so you do it too. People just follow the group. Um, I think that's pretty common actually across the whole country with the exception of major cities. Okay. And I think why in major cities doesn't happen is because there's a lot more things to do mm-hmm. like culturally and uh, mm-hmm. and within the city itself. So as a result, you don't feel like, okay, now I, I finished college. The next thing I need to do is now start planning a wedding. Right. Like there's other things to do than do that. So I think, you know, this phenomenon is only happening in the United States in terms of like Western nations. Right. Cause like, right. if you go to like Northern Europe, people aren't even getting married period, but that's also because their social benefits are not dependent on you being married. Mm-hmm. So like you get healthcare. <laughs> Right. You get your taxes don't change. Like it's just you're married or you're not married. It's the same difference, right? Like there's mm-hmm. like a civil partnership there, but you see like in Sweden, um, marriage is I think at like 23%. It's like pretty low. Mm. Um, and then if you go to Southern Europe, people delay marriage um for as long as possible. For a lot of countries, Spain, Italy, Greece, um, you might not even get married until um you're pregnant. So mm. you'll be in your late thirties. Like the average mm-hmm. age for marriage in Greece is like 30 for a woman is like 35 ish. Wow. Which is insane. But that's also for economic reasons, right? If you can't afford mm-hmm. to live away from your parents because of how income incomes are, mm-hmm. um, you might delay certain things, but also culturally, right? Like I remember one of my friends, she got married at 24 in Athens mm-hmm. and you know, child bride essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. what's funny is now she's 45. Right. Right. And her two of her three kids are in college. Yeah. All of her friends have four and five-year-olds at home. Oh, wow. Interesting. So, um, yeah, but that's, you know, it's, it's interesting in the sides. I appreciate that. I don't, I think if I were listening to this and I was 22, I would say you can keep dating that person, sure. just make a plan to like, not get married until after 25. And then also ask yourself, are you marrying this person because you envision growing old with this person? Or is it because you feel like it's time to check off another milestone? Mm-hmm. You're just going to get married for that second. You'll just be divorced. You'll be divorced as well in a few years. Yeah. yeah. Or peer pressure. Or deeply unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you're hanging out with different groups of people and you have all the same friends. I've heard this before you know, they had so much in common out sort of outside of themselves, but at the end of the day, just being together, they were not, there was very little satisfaction in them as just a unit together. So, so I have a question. Now you're wearing green. Yeah. We did not talk about your green theory on the last time I had you on the podcast. So let's talk about it. You know, I've stopped wearing green because of green theory. Cause then it's like, (laughs) it's almost like, uh, what's it called? What's the word? Self-promotion. Obvious. Um, All I know is every time I wear green now, I think of you. Remember yeah. the summer I posted Green Theory at Matchmaker um, Maroon, and then also like I've noticed. I mean, gosh, I get tagged in people's date photos now every day. Oh that God, every time so they wear cute. green, so I like my tags are really funny. It's adorable. Um, 
So yeah, green theory is this thing that I noticed. Um, I've been promoting it since 2012. It really picked up during the pandemic for whatever mm. reason. Um, but it's this idea that like there are certain colors that work uh, on certain genders that just come off. So like every color has a sort of like brand personality, right? So if you think mm -hmm. about like the color blue, um, blue is a color of trust. So mm -hmm. if you think about like all of the websites that are trying to like data mine you, <laughs> Yes. And like your trust, they tend to be blue, right? Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, what's it called? IBM, Chase Bank. Mm -hmm. Um, these are these are all blue. And there's a reason, like it's just the color of trust. Similar, like if you look at like the color red, it's trying to grab your attention. And if you think about the three big box stores, Kmart, RS, rest in peace, Target, and Walmart, they're also all red because mm -hmm. big box stores want your attention to take you away from the mom and pop shops that might look um, pretty similar to other stores in your neighborhood or your, whatever main street you live on, right? Mm -hmm. um, so with green, I noticed when uh, a very long time ago um, that whenever... Okay, so when I uh, worked near Bryant Park in Manhattan, um, I would go into the office every single day and I was just kind of testing out a theory to see like which colors made people feel more comfortable to talk to me. Um, and it was just like my personality where I would just kind of catalog what I was wearing every day and seeing like what kind of, what was happening, right? So I noticed that like, for instance, if I wanted to close a sale, if I wore blue, I had a higher chance of closing that sale. Nice just a minuscule, but that was just the case. Right. So anyway, so right. when I noticed that whenever I wore green guys would go out of their way to come talk to me. Oh, wow. And for those who don't know what I look like, I'm a tall voluptuous woman. I, I am filtered out over at most men's searches, which is right. okay. I don't, I don't need to match with anyone and everyone, but, um, but that is, that is the truth online. Right. Yeah. So, um, so as a result, like I was just noticing like, wow, whenever I wear these green dresses, I'm, I am guaranteed to be spoken to, not even catcalled, like respectfully, someone will come up and speak to me. And then, you know, I was also calculating the blues and the reds, and then I was dating. So I was able to like, kind of test these out. And then I noticed, and then of course I would also notice with men, like, when would I feel the need to go talk to a man? Right. So then of course, as a matchmaker, I'm also working with clients. I'd help them with their online dating. And I would mm -hmm. also notice that like, oh, when I, they were green, there might be a higher click-through rate. Mm. And it's funny because Locks Club, this dating site for Jewish singles, yep. they tested the sound. They said that they said to me earlier this year that when people wear green, there is a higher click-through rate on their profiles. So I was like, ah, so it works. But wow. anyway, so to go back. So green theory is this idea that like green is a color of vitality and personability. And if you are a mm -hmm. woman who wants to be spoken to green is a very welcoming color. Mm. So if you're trying, and this is, goes for straight women and, and lesbians. So mm. if you want to speak, have you spoken to think green is a really great color to get you started and like make people feel comfortable very quick with you. Interesting. Now, All so shades of green. I feel like all shades of green, but I also discourage people from wearing like really dark green. Like if you're okay. wearing dark green where you need a light to know that it's green, right? that's too dark. Like okay. you shouldn't be wearing that. Um, now, second place to that is blue and yellow, especially for women that might have a darker skin tone. Yellow is like a fantastic color as well, but these are the colors that do really well on first dates or if okay. you're at a networking event or if you're at a wedding, right. wearing those three colors um, is very empowering. And you will feel that empower, like knowing this, acknowledging it, it, it does feel empowering.
Mm -hmm. uh, it does make you feel good. And that's actually all people judge you on when you're um, dating. Do you feel good about yourself? That shows up. Yeah. So that was that. And then for men, I noticed that it's actually not green theory. It's um, I'm calling it lavender and salmon theory. Okay. I know what you're about to say. And do you remember when we were in the village over the summer and you literally spoke to a man who was wearing can't help it lavender or pink he was wearing like a pink color yep you couldn't help it I couldn't help it I have to yeah so I noticed that when men wear when and specifically straight men wear Mm. lavender or um a light pink color Mm -hmm. women gravitate to them and that is because purple in itself is a very friendly color. It's a creative mm-hmm. color. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you might remember the website Flickr, which is a place where you could store your photos, they were mm-hmm. leaning into the purple because they wanted to be seen as like a fun, creative mm-hmm. place to post your photos. Mm-hmm. Um, you see this with the logos as well. Like any other logo that might have purple, that's like the brand that they're going for, that they're playful. Mm-hmm. And when women judge men, they the first thing that women judge men on typically is the c factor which is are they a creep yeah and if it's a yes then they'll do anything they can to not speak to them to avoid them but if it's Mm -hmm. not then they're open and if a guy wears lavender or light pink a lavender or purple or light pink um I think that there is this idea of like oh he's not a creep it's just a subconscious thought he might very well still be a creep right but it's like a branding uh, opportunity, right? So mm-hmm. you feel safe mm-hmm. and this way um, it's going to, you, you're going to get reactions. I, I have heard men tell me that when they wear purple, when they wear light pink, mm-hmm. they get approached by a lot of women. And that mm-hmm. is also very empowering. You know, it's nice men, 84% of men have reported that they would love to be asked that by a woman. Um, Mm -hmm. so those same men are probably the ones that are like, oh my God, a woman's coming up to me. That's really hot. That is so interesting. And I'll say that's actually something I wanted to talk to you about is traditional dating and social norms. How have you seen it changing in terms of, in terms of heteronormative relationships, um, holding the doors, guy paying, man asking a woman out, should it be like total equality? Like obviously online, I think it's fine to ask a guy out. I think yeah. there's no problem. Doesn't matter. Do you think that after the date is it? I mean, I think it's fine for the female to text the man and say, "Hey, I had a great time last night. Hope to see you again." I see no problem with that. Yeah. But some people do think there's a problem with that, or they don't think a woman should ask a guy out. What What's your right. opinion? Um, How do you advise your clients? So I've come out with this other theory. So I have like my 12 date rule here, which we're not gonna talk about right now, but we have also the three day theory, which is starting to like really ruffle feathers, but I have failed to see a straight man tell me I'm wrong so far. Okay. Um, so I think I encourage women to ask men out. Men love being asked out. Mm -hmm. That is what the studies are showing. That is what real life is showing. Mm. Women love it when they ask you out, if a man would plan the date, Mm. so she might ask you out but she still wants you to plan it out okay you know but um that makes her feel good but where i also tell women that if you're the kind of person who wants to send a thank you text Uh send the thank you text i had a really great time i hope to see you again yeah or i had a really great time thank you so much and you don't have to say i hope to see you again right but yeah if you're the kind of person who likes to say send a thank you text send the thank you text Mm -hmm. there is nothing wrong with it if you don't do it that's okay too. Okay. Totally. Yep. 
Where I draw the line as now a professional matchmaker is asking out a guy on a second date. Okay. So I don't care if a woman asks a guy out on the first date, third mm-hmm. date, fifth date, 20th date. I don't care. The mm-hmm. second date though, I think having set up over 7,000 first dates at this point or some, some crazy number of thousands and thousands of first dates. I have to yeah. look into my records. I have never met a man that didn't trip over himself mm-hmm. to ask a woman out on a second date, either mm-hmm. during the date or right after. And if they're not, now there is a one caveat to this and I'll get to it. But now if he takes more than three days and men know, by the way, all men know they have three days. Any, and if there's a 22 year old man listening, it's like, I didn't know, you know. And you know how I know, because when you meet someone you want to go on a second date with, you're not waiting more than three days to ask them out. So there is this inherent need to like secure the second date. Yeah. Whenever I hear women say, oh, the guy went on a great first date with on Saturday, has not reached out to me and it's been 10 days. All I think is he doesn't like you. Yeah. Or with the guy I went out with on Monday, all we've been doing is texting and calling each other, but he's yet to ask me out on a second date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this person's trying to turn you into a situationship. He Mm. likes getting the attention from you, but he's Mm. not interested in a second date, right? I've never met a man in my professional career that Mm. wasn't gung-ho about going on a second date immediately. That's just has never happened, okay? And so with that said, though, there is a caveat. Let's say you want to hack it and you want to go on a second date with someone. I would tell you to ask them out. Like I, you know, stop the date in the first date and say, I just need to tell you, like, I'm having a great time with you and we should do this again. Yeah. But like, you're telling him so that way. And he's like, if he says, yeah, you could say, you know, on Thursday, there's a, I'm just giving an example on Thursday, there's a cooking class down the street. Do you want to go together? Mm. So you're kind of like asking him out, but it's like, he just said he wants to go out with you again. Mm -hmm. You're just giving suggestions. Mm. And of course he can confirm, he cannot confirm, but that's the only caveat I have. It's happening during the first date. Okay. But other than that, like after that, it's game on. And if a guy takes five days to get back to you and like asking you out, I would just text somebody like, what took you so long and see what he says. He'll tell you what took him so long. You've got nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose because Mm -hmm. that's disrespectful. Like if you want to be the kind of person who has a guy, not situationship you, who Mm -hmm. has a guy who can be reliable, who can be Mm -hmm. a man of his word, who can show up, who can Mm -hmm. meet reasonable expectations communication then he should be able to ask you out quickly for your next date otherwise he's not interested in anything serious with you i've never seen a man twiddle his thumbs over someone he's excited to go out with again that's right it's have you ever seen this at work have you ever seen a client at work like it is very cut and dry and that's actually makes it so much more simple simpler in my opinion oh yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like it would, I feel like someone hearing this, it's like, oh, that's it. So after three yeah. days, I can just, all I got to do is hold my breath for three days. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I can just dump them. Like, I'll just delete you from my phone. And you know, it's by the way, I read this from a friend yesterday. She deletes people from mm-hmm. her phone after a month. And so when they call, you know, the, oh, David called, like David messages her. She can be like, who is this? Right. And he's like, you don't have my number saved. And she goes, when did we go out? Why would I save a number of someone I haven't been out with in over a month? Right. Why would you think, why would you assume I'm single? Right. Well, listen to this one. So I had a client, 
uh, a female client. I did. I took her on for matchmaking because she would do a national search, and there was just so many easy things to do with introducing her to people. And she she was introduced to a guy um, that was a, a friend of a friend, and they went out five times, and mm-hmm. they made out the whole thing. They did not have sex, which was great. I told her not to. She was like, "What?" I'm like, "Please do not." And you will explain. You will understand why. By the way came back to me and said, I was so glad she said that I didn't have sex with him because she would have been all wrapped up, but she wasn't, she had a clear head. So the guy, um, she messages him or he messaged her, like, what are you up to? They were supposed to go out that night. And she messaged him, like, what are you up to? And he said, yeah, I'm just hanging out. I've got a thing tonight, whatever. And doesn't invite her out. And it just like never happened. And then he doesn't get back in touch with her at all for like, eight days. Wow. And I was like, this is dead in the water. Then it comes back to her. And I was like, do not respond. I said, please block him. Just block him because it's so disrespectful. And she didn't respond. I was like, good, just leave him, you know, just let it go. Then he comes, then he comes back again. He calls her this time, but the message wasn't like, listen, I'm really sorry about what happened. Like, I'd like to see you again. Is that possible? It was like, Hey, I'm driving up to the lake. You know, I wanted to see how you're doing. I'm like, that's not good enough. No, you don't. And she's like, I should get back to him. I'm like, no, no. you don't have to get back. I think we have to remember that the way we give permission to people and how they treat us. Yeah. So I think if you wouldn't, if you find this unacceptable, if you find yourself feeling anxiety, Mm -hmm or confusion, that's Mm -hmm. a sign. And sometimes it's a physical sign, right? Your body is flipping all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't want any of my clients to chase the anxiety that comes with that, because that is addictive. You know, people get in situationships because the feeling of that anxiety is addictive. Yeah. And if you don't want that addiction, you have to start. I always tell my clients, like, if you are feeling this addiction to the anxiety, find Mm -hmm. other ways to replace it, to get them out easier. So like Mm -hmm. go to the comedy club every other day, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, go see an action movie at the movies, um, go to a live concert, go to a live show, music show, whatever, Mm -hmm. go to karaoke, do something Mm -hmm. that's going to produce that level of dopamine in your system. So that way it's easier to like kind of block them out so that you're not getting that dose from them. You're getting it from your own lifestyle. Totally. Tell everybody how they can find you. This is awesome. And um, what, um, maybe just talk about your um, ask a matchmaker um, question um, and also your podcast. Okay, cool. So if you are interested in learning more about me, you can follow me on Instagram at matchmaker Maria. Um, and uh, if you want to listen to my podcast, it's called ask a matchmaker and you can only now listen to, you can also watch it. So on YouTube, if you search ask a matchmaker, you could see my lovely face talking to other guests or you can listen to episodes on wherever you listen to this podcast. Lovely. So exciting. And then with your questions, you post questions on Wednesdays and that's really gained so much traction. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. The best day to follow me on Instagram is Wednesday. I get a lot of uh, no nonsense advice. Yes, you do. It's so much fun to watch. Um, Thank you so much, Maria. It was a pleasure and I'll see you in seven days. I know. Well, when this episode comes out, I would have already seen you and it was amazing to see you. And it was so fun. So much fun. (laughs) Thank you again for having me. Um, Thank you. Thanks for listening to Love on the Go. I hope you join us on our next episode. 
You can make sure to know when it is by following us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed it, it'd be great if you left us a review. I'd appreciate it. In the meantime, to learn more about me and how my team can help you, visit carolinasmatchmaker.com. Until next time.